The following episode of The Book Guys is rated explicit for content and may contain lots and lots of violence. Guys show is brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com slash bookguys and get a free book just for signing up for a free trial. Why not? Yeah, it is the Book Guys show. My name is Paul Elvis and uh, joined as always by our good friend all the way in North Carolina, Sir Jimmy. How you doing? Hey, what's up? Jimmy Goots in the house where... Uh, speaking of the House, we just we just got rid of one of our senators here yesterday, and we got a new senator. So I think the whole world's going to change. <laughs> I, I think you got a, a whole lot of new senators and uh, people in the House, and uh, Republicans took over, didn't they? Yeah, things are shaking up. And I uh, was talking to Craig here pre-show, and he says we can repeal Obamacare, but, uh, but Obama won't sign it. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> And speaking of, Craig, how you doing there, Soapbox Rocket? I am doing good. Good stuff. So are we gonna Thanks for the Soapbox Rocket sticker, by the way. I'm still trying to decide where to sticker it. <laughs> it is a pretty cool logo. I like it. Who designed that, Craig? I did. Nice. Very I nice. hand-drew it and then uh, used Illustrator to make it the hard lines. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, let's, and, let's. And I think Jimmy, you should stick it on a uh, a toll booth uh, window. <laughs> no, why not? We need more of that. <laughs> hey, let's start off with uh, the usual. What's on your? What's on your Kindle? Your nightstand? What's on your? What's in your bookshelf? What's on your what iPad? Are you reading? Let's start with uh, Mr. Craig. What are you reading? I am reading the Hitman's Guide to House Cleaning by Halgrimer. Helgeson. All right. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right, which actually, uh, even if I'm not pronouncing it right, that's actually a, a running gag in the uh, book is the main character is in uh, Iceland in Reykjavik. And, of course, he can't pronounce any of the people's names. Right. So it, he just ends up using the English of what it sounds like, like Good Moon Door is uh, one of the characters <laughs> uh, that he deals with. Um, but it, yeah, so it's a uh, it's a hitman, uh, a Serbian hitman that was in the U.S. and has to go on the lam, and through circumstance ends up pretending to be a TV pastor in Iceland. Nice. And so it's it's kind of funny because here's a guy, uh, hard drinking, party uh, contract killer. Uh, that goes to a country that has no prostitutes and no guns and is uh, trying to make his way through. It reminds me of one of the Netflix series. I forget what it's called. It might be called Reykjavik. I don't know. No, yeah. it's, it's uh, Lilyhammer. Yeah, Lilyhammer. Right, right. Yes. A very similar concept where the, the mafia hitman or the mafia guy goes to uh, Iceland. Right, yeah. So I, uh, you want to play a little uh, clip from Audible and see what happens? Yeah. Yeah, we'll do it live. See what happens. Nothing happens. Oh, there you go. It's perfectly well since most of my time is spent waiting for the next. I like it already. Tomislav Bokšić. Moose and squirrel. Yes, he has very good. Uh, I like this. Which can be quite boring. The Balkan animal, which is my soul, is always hungry for prey. I get restless if three months go by without firing a gun. My slowest year was 2002. Only two hits and one miss. I still regret that one. In this business, missing the target can be deadly. You don't want some wounded psycho out there shopping around for your goodbye bullet. People tend to get a bit upset if they notice you're trying to kill them. But let me assure you, my miss of 2002 became my first hit of 2003. Nowadays, I never waste a bullet. You see, I'm what they call a triple six-packer. 
I've been told this is a Manhattan record. Some Italian guy named Porosi became a double six-packer back in the 80s when John Gotti was king of Queens. But no one has ever gone triple until Toxic came along. Actually, I think the Italians are not the same as they once were. When they're shooting more movies about you than you are shooting people, it means you're past the bill. In 20 years' time, we will have our own show, like The Sopranos, The Schlischkos. But then I will have become like Shaking Trigger, Eye on Viagra with a woman's hairdo. I tell Munita that being a six-packer is really all about the environment. I'm an environmentalist. I don't want to add an unnecessary gunshot to the already noisy city. I told her this on our third date after she had asked me for the third time what I did for a living. Okay, well, I'm going to pause it right there just because I want to sign into my Audible account right now and add this to my uh, wish list. That is neat. <laughs> yeah. Was that the voice you, you were hearing? Have, uh, uh, audible.com. You should go to audible.com slash bookguys and sign up for it. Absolutely. Or audibletrial.com slash bookguys. Might work better. That's close. There you go. So I'm adding <laughs> that. Remember to, to do that. So let's see. Hit, Hitman, Hitman's Guide to House Cleaning. So tell us a bit about it. Uh, you know, how does he uh, adapt to uh, not being a... That's 666 hits. Wow. He's killed a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, he doesn't adapt well, but, but he does a good job. So he's, he's playing, and that's kind of the other funny part about it. Not only is he so out of his element, but he's also playing a priest. So, he, you know, he'll, he'll be doing really well and then just get too into it and slip and drop the F-bomb or, or say something completely inappropriate for a priest and uh, right. have to, to stop and kind of cover, his, cover himself. But it, you know, it's also uh, the for being set in a some place where most people don't go, uh, Reykjavik, Iceland. Uh, they do a very good job of capturing all of the uh, the correct distances, uh, the correct areas of Iceland. Wow, uh, definitely sound, sounds good. I love it. Uh, like I said, it's already on my wish list. It'll be my next thing. I'm actually going through, uh, still going through Middlesex. I haven't had much time for audio. I bet you are. Hey, now. But um, I haven't much time to listen to audio, but I have been... I did read an actual book. I was looking for uh, a long book that had a Sunday off, and I, I, I chose this one because it was uh, described as an epic adventure, and uh, it wasn't. Like, I, I have to ask. Now, <laughs> epic, to me, used to always mean a long book, Right. An epic journey would be like a journey that takes years and years. And like, you know, like the Lord of the Rings has been described as an epic journey, right? And it is epic. That's what I thought of. Right. Epic to me means the book in its hardcover format can be used as a lethal weapon. So, so now you don't get that when you're buying off uh, Kindle or the Amazon store because you don't see the size of the book, right? Uh, although maybe that's something they should look into, like putting an actual visual representation. Because it wasn't that long. It was uh, 300 pages and I read it in about... I think three hours. Well, actually, on that subject, it, it does tell you how many pages it is. But if if you have multiple books on your Kindle that vary in length, the the progression bar underneath the book, the length of that progression bar represents how big the book is. Ah, okay. So it's relative to all the other books in your on the screen. I don't know if it's relative to the ones on the screen or relative to something else that Amazon decided. But right. I noticed because I did. I got a book that's like 900 pages, and all of a sudden that progress bar went all the way across. I see. Okay. So it's like relative to like 112263 or something. I think so. <laughs> you know, or Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this one is um, guess what, it, what the topic is, uh, Sir Jimmy? Um, Doctor Who? <laughs> Very good guess, Jimmy. I'm good. So good. <laughs> uh, this is. Engines of War, written by George Mann. Uh, this is the first BBC-licensed book to feature the doctor we call the War Doctor, the one who does not have a number. He, uh, he lies somewhere between the ninth and 10th uh, Doctor. Sorry, the 8th and ninth Doctor. And uh, he's the one who lived an entire life in the war and just decided that he was not worthy to call himself the Doctor anymore because of all the death and destruction in the war. And um, it's described as what... 
has led him, the last moments, the last events, just before he decided, uh, before this happened in the series anyways, before he got to this point. Don't feel me now, YouTube. The Doctor Who universe is, lends itself to somebody writing just about anything and saying it's a Doctor Who book. Pretty much. It's, pretty much. Uh, I'm going to play the little clip in a second, but uh, just to address what you're saying, uh, yeah, except for the War Doctor, because every other one of them, you know, they just go around space and time helping people. and They can go anywhere and do anything. So, like, you know, this week it could be uh, a historical comedy. Next week it could be a tragedy, uh, you know, set in the 80s. And, you know, the week after that you could be in, you know, the future on a completely different planet. So, yeah, you're right. It, it, almost any story, uh, even this year we, we met Robin Hood, you know. Uh, but the War Doctor... To the point where he wouldn't even call himself the doctor because he's not a helping anyone. He's just part of a war. Uh, this is the moment in the show here. I'm going to play the clip now that where he basically decides he's going to wipe out his people and the Daleks just to end I the war. Lords of Gallifrey, Daleks of Scarrow, I serve notice on you all. Too long I have stayed my hand. No more. Today you leave me no choice. Today, this war will end. No more. No more. This is the, the war doctor heading to the where he's going to detonate a device that basically destroys the entire galaxy. And just to end the war, and uh, killing billions of people, including men, women, children, of course. And uh, I was expecting a lot more from Engines of War. Uh, you know, uh, they spent half the book of people asking him his name and him saying, oh, I, I don't have that name anymore because, you know, uh, I've done terrible things. And he does nothing terrible in the book. I mean, uh, he's still the doctor. And it almost, uh, the whole story almost kind of, you keep thinking, well, I wanted to see the war doctor. Why am I just seeing the regular doctor? Uh, so, so I'm just going to read the description here. The great time war has raged for centuries, uh, ravaging the universe. He's basically trapped uh, in the middle of a battle what they call battle tardises are going at it. Things are blowing up. Uh, he ends up on a planet called Moldox. Uh, Daleks are patrolling. Things are happening. And he meets a young lady named uh, Cinder, a young Dalek hunter. And uh, they quickly discover a plot to destroy the Doctor's home planet and, of course, take over all of space and time. And, of course, uh, uh, the War Doctor, as played by John Hurt, is the character... And uh, it's interesting, but I, I gotta say, I was disappointed. First of all, in the length, it was a short book, and um, it, it was fun read. Don't get me wrong, but I was expecting to see some of the horrible things that he did, where he couldn't even call himself the Doctor, and it just ended up being just another Doctor Who story, which I really enjoyed. But uh, I was expecting to see more, and uh, hopefully, they will come out with more War Doctor books, where we actually see some of the, you know, lesser. Uh, you know, not so nice things that he did in war because uh, he spent the whole book being himself. Just saying. Still, thumbs up. Engines of War. For, for a Doctor Who book, it was pretty good. So there. And Mr. Jimmy. I have. What's on your nightstand, Kindle? Actually, I've got a chocolate chip cookie on my iPad right now. But. Um, <laughs> Upcoming books. I, I I just sent out a request for uh, five or six books, but uh, one of them I realized after reading the description again, the second paragraph, it says it's the uh, conclusion of a trilogy. Have you ever jumped into a, a book series at the end of it? Yeah, I've, I've jumped into some in the middle and not realizing it was like book seven. Was it still enjoyable? Um, Were you lost? I, got, I think that's how I got into the whole Ender, Ender's Game series. I, it, was, it was enjoyable, but as I went through and realized I had to go back to you know, like book one, I had to reread it again because it was definitely more pleasurable the second time once I had read the first six books. You know? Well, I think on this one, I'm going to go ahead and, and try it. On purpose, and then if I enjoy it, go back and see the evolution of the story. Right. This one's a berserk apocalypse summary. The Matrix meets inner space. Ooh. 
So that's that. But I'll to look forward to um, one of the the classic Western writers of all time, Zane Gray. Yeah, going to be reading the Last Trail, and what what got me is you know I'm from the Ohio Valley. And this says a woman is kidnapped from Fort Henry by a band of renegades and hostile Ohio Valley Indians. Nice. We, uh, we used to go around <laughs> finding Ohio Valley Indian arrowheads when I was a kid. Are you kidding? Yeah, um, yeah. But like, I guess like, like by the, the river one, and stuff? What's that? Like by the river when the tide goes out or whatever? Well, yeah, by the river and just, you know, all over. You hmm. never know. If somebody would, like, dig a, a footer for a house. Right, yeah. Or build a road or something like that and they... They tear the ground the ground up. You go out and you can you can find crazy stuff. You go out like they dig it up, and then if it's lucky lucky they dig it up, and Latin, that night it rains. You can just see these things like sticking up, and you get good enough at it, and you can uh, you learn how to spot them. And, and this is one of those on Audible that I'm looking at the, the page here now. If you buy the Kindle edition of the book for your Kindle, you can then go on to Audible and buy the. Um, Seven hour and fifty one minute uh, audiobook for ninety nine cents, and, and that's a little trick. Even if you're not using the Whisper Sync, folks, look at the Kindle price for the ones that are Whisper Sync for voice ready. Um, look at the price of the Kindle. Sometimes you can find the like the, the the Kindle book is like six bucks, and for another dollar you can get the audiobook. That's seven dollars. So you know where the where the actual audiobook could be like twenty four ninety nine. Or $19.59. So you, you can save money that way uh, by getting the audiobook for $0.99 cents more. And then you get the Kindle as well, right? That's a good tip. That uh, is a good tip. Let's play a, little, uh, play a little sample from The Last Trail, as read by Michael Prichard. Fort Henry by sundown. That guide. I tell you, Mr. Shepard, not so loud. Do not alarm my daughter, cautioned the man who had been called Shepard. Did you notice anything queer about that guide? Asked the teamster, lowering his voice. Did you see how uneasy he was last night? Did it strike you he left us in a hurry? Kind of excited like, in spite of his offhand manner? I'm just going to pause right there to say bye to my friend Sonny. He looks like he's leaving. Have a good time, Sonny. <laughs> All righty. Enjoy, my friend. Hey, can you, can you hit the close button on the door lock? Switch it to close on your way out so we don't get any... Uh, Strange new guests in the book guys show today. <laughs> Sorry, I'll resume the, the thing. No editing, folks. Yes, he acted odd. Or so it seemed to me, replied Shepard. How about you, Will? Now that I think of it, I believe he yeah. was queer. He behaved like a man who expected somebody or feared something might happen. I fancied, however, that it was simply the manner of a woodsman. Well, I have my opinion, said the teamster in a gruff whisper. He was in a hurry to be a-goin' and wouldn't take no advice. The fur trader at Fort Pitt didn't give this guy Jenks no good send-off. Said, I was going to cut off right there, but you know what? That's a perfect voice to read uh, a Western. <laughs> I heard queer twice, fancy once, and would. Just saying. But <laughs> I'm voice, in. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally in. I'm, I'm down for the, the whole series. But, yeah, I like the guy's voice, and it sounds authentic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the third book out of the six that I'm ordering, the one that I'm most excited about, is called The Filthy Truth. Mm. It's an autobiography of uh, Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, man. There'll be a few F-bombs <laughs> in that one, I think. I don't doubt it. So, uh, yeah, and it's like a memoir and, and you know, hickory dickory dock. <laughs> Something went up the clock, right? That's right. Yeah, so um, that, that'll be the first one that I report back when it shows up. So Absolutely. look forward to that. Absolutely. Hey, why don't we do a little bit of uh, book news before we uh, head to the break? I got a couple here. Book news. Just a little update. We were talking about books, uh, music and books. And uh, Space Oddity, I think, came up at some point. Maybe if it didn't. Pretty bad segue if it didn't. But um, Chris Hadfield <laughs> returns to the web. 23 plus million views. Uh, apparently, uh, he did promise to take it down one year later, and he did. And uh, the team, David Bowie's team, with David Bowie's, of course, blessing, has restored Space Oddity. His uh, handmade video on the space station has returned to the YouTubes. 
And uh, apparently it was a big, uh, there was a big article in the, the Economist by Glenn Fleischman uh, that really goes through the nitty-gritty of all the legalities of this because the, they couldn't figure out, um, because the, the space station was built by 15 countries, whose copyright laws applied? So they couldn't figure out, like, shit, how do we even copyright this? You know, how do we get this back on the web legally? Because, okay, where, where was it filmed? In space. Okay, who has jurisdiction? No one. Okay, but, uh, okay, who has the right to all the visuals of the space station? Well, there's 15 countries. I don't know. They're so, going to need a new country code for the right, DVD. Right. It was kind of a messed up situation, but it looks like they figured all that crap out, and Bowie's team has signed a two-year agreement with the Canadian Space Agency to allow the video to circulate once again, and it's back up. Space Oddity by Chris Hadfield. Look it up on YouTube if you haven't seen it. If you've been living under a rock or, you know, just realized, you know, POW, you just realized the Vietnam War is over. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's beautiful. Uh, something he made with a floating camcorder in the middle of space. Uh, fantastic. Glad to see that back. Anyways, some space news. And uh, Netflix. They're not stopping, my friend. They're adapting Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events into a TV series. Uh, they're going to produce a new series based on the 13 best-selling novels published between 1999 and 2006, written by my favorite author name, Lemony Snicket, uh, which is, of course, the pen name of Daniel Handler. Uh, Paramount Television, the TV arm of Paramount, the studio behind the 2004 feature that starred Jim Carrey, Meryl Streep, and Jude Law will produce the series in association with Netflix, and Handler will serve as executive producer. I always love it when the actual author is the executive producer because he can say, you know, he can uh, have a word. That's something Stephen King or learned. Or at least uh, get more money. Yeah, well, Stephen King learned late in life that you, you want to have that executive producer so you don't end up, end up with uh, maximum overdrive. Just saying, putting that out there. What a shit movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just swearing because we put the, uh, the explicit tag at the beginning of the show and I don't want to edit it out. <laughs> I say that. <laughs> They can redo Maximum Overdrive now and make it into a killer movie. Yeah, with all the technology we have around us, like I mean, you know, we've More got believable. Like, robots and stuff. I was just reading an article today that over of the 2.7 million jobs that will be created in uh, was it 2000? They said 2017. By 2017, one million of them will be done by robots, including your. Uh, but- Including your uh, greeters at Walmart. I was going to say, not Walmart. Uh, Lowe's is actually rolling out uh, robots to help people find stuff in the store. Yes. And you know, a Fallon, I think it was Fallon, or was it one of the late night guys did a great thing with uh, Nick Offerman? Where, uh, yeah, no, it was uh, <laughs> Oliver, John Oliver. Uh, yes, it was. It was. It was John Oliver's show. Yeah, and, and Nick Offerman uh, uh, basically showing that. No, no, no. The, the Home Depot guy, he, he, he basically saves marriages. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like when you you two are arguing over which sink to buy, he'll come in and go, oh, no, no, you want this sink that costs twice as much. Yeah, because you can say argument. things you can't <laughs> and, be, and be right. <laughs> but, you know, we're almost at that point where we have to look at the, the minimum income because uh, eventually there's not going to be nothing for anything to do, like, like for any of us to do. It's going to be like Star Trek. Everyone just sort of, you know, makes wine in the garage. Relaxes, read, well, but reads books. That's that's an incredibly Canadian uh, thing to say because if you're worried about finding a job, learn how to program robots or fix them because that's going to be need to be done. Yeah, well, well, Google's already developed a uh, a computer AI that uh, develops computer AI. So I mean, and programs. So <laughs> even that is going to go dodo bird eventually. So I mean, what are you know seven billion or eight by the time this all happens, ten billion people are going to do and the farms are automated. The you know Home Depot delivers by drone and it doesn't even have a store. You know we're gonna have a lot of parks. That's all I'm saying. Sell plasma. <coughs> you know, and I think <laughs> or semen. It, it, it really will. You know, it, it may sound depressing that this is gonna happen, but it's gonna be a dawn of a new age for for humanity. I mean, when let's say out of ten billion people, nine and a half billion don't have you know physical labor to do and and you know or or any other kind of forced labor whether it's mental or physical how creative are we going to be how how much will science spike and you know discovery and art it really will change the world if everyone is just you know uh being creative 
To the moon, I say, as the Dogecoin people say. To the moon. Get me a three liter of Mountain Dew and one of them rascal wheelchairs. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to say what a lot of men will be doing, young men, but uh, I won't say it. (laughs) It involves involves Cheetos. (laughs) Nothing changes, though. They're doing that today. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Let's take a quick break. We'll figure out what we're going to do in the second <laughs> half of the show after this. This is. Hey, by the way, this guy's going to be joining us soon. We've got to uh, plan it out with Padre for uh, next week, maybe. This is Father Robert Balasare, the digital Jesuit from Twyant, this week in Enterprise Tech. And you're listening to The Book Guys. The Book Guys. We're back. Refilled my glass with another Budweiser. It's two. Keep counting, Jimmy. I can't have more than three today. That's two. Uh, we're, I think we're going to do... Music in books! We don't have a jingle, so I just... It's our new favorite segment. There you go. It's our new favorite segment. We had so much fun last week, we couldn't wait to do it again. And because uh, it's November and Christmas is quickly approaching, I'm sure that you guys uh, in the States are no different than us in Canada. There's already Christmas trees and crap at the back of Walmart somewhere. They want to flog it already. As soon as uh, Halloween was over, they started putting all the Christmas crap out. And uh, I'm glad we played the explicit tag because I'm going to start this one off with Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues. This one goes out to Kevin Lawler. Um, My favorite Christmas. uh, I'm going to say jingle. (laughs) What do you call him again? (laughs) A Christmas carol. Or not carol. (laughs) Carolly Christmassy music type thing. Uh, love it. Uh, this is a song about Irish people who emigrated to America in the 19th century to escape the potato famine. Uh, you know, how many uh, potatoes does it take to kill an Irishman? Zero. Hey, now. This, hey. this is the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time ago. It's okay to make jokes. It's okay. <laughs> this is the uh, title track from Krampus, A Christmas Tale. <laughs> and, well, this was the Pogue's, uh, you know, heroin-fueled way to tell people that uh, Christmas songs are tacky. And a lot of people have a shitty time at Christmas, you know. So this is the Pogues and Fairy Tale of New York. And I'm clicking the play button. Here we go. We'll play a little bit of the song because great. There was Christmas Eve in the drunk tank. And all man said to me, won't see another one. And then we sang a song. It starts kind of sad, you know. The rare old mountain dew. I turned my face away and dreamed about you. God, I'm the lucky one. Now, now, this song originally had lyrics about a sailor in a distant ocean and all kinds of crap like that. But uh, Finer, who was one of the members of the band, his wife suggested he change it to be about a couple at Christmas who were hard in their luck and pissed off at each other. And he took it and he flew. So happy Christmas. Now this is usually when people start dancing. They're you know they're waving their beers around. Kind of Christmassy, but eh, they're gonna start arguing in three, two, very soon. 
Oh, so it's more like Thanksgiving here in the U.S. Yes. <laughs> you know, when she starts calling him a scumbag and a faggot and all these other things, it, it kind of goes downhill from there. I know, Jimmy, it's not your type of Christmas song. <laughs> it, it, it's funny. It's funny. Uh, who's going to yeah. go... Who's going to raise their hand next? We're doing audio only, folks. I can't even see them. Who's raising their hand? All right, I'm going to do a uh, throwback. And I'm going Space Oddity by David Bowie, written uh, based on 2001 A Space Odyssey by Arthur C. Clarke. Yes. Where is it on the list? (laughs) It's in the S's? Yeah, I kind of figured the whole... uh, I don't see it. Huh. Yeah, I don't see it either. You must have like delved into one and <laughs> made your way to something else. I, I, I sent you a link. <laughs> All right. Let's see. I've gone off list. <laughs> You've definitely gone off list here, my friend. Confusing the Can whole scenario. You like a like a egg white omelet with some chives, you know. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and, and he he wrote this after seeing uh, 2001: Space Odyssey, of course. Yeah. And we'll play a little clip here. Right. We, we did play, um, we'll talk about it later. We'll let it play. Of course, it harkens back to, we were talking, to call back, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, we talked about the 1984 one. And I got good news for you after we hear a little bit of this. Ground control to Major Tom. We, we did play the William Shatner version last episode. But I do have good news While the song is playing No, we played Rocket Man Oh, you're right, we did We did Ah, Rad But uh, Shatter did do this song as well On his last album Yes, I said album Ridley Scott is adapting Arthur C. Clarke's 3001 The Final Odyssey Two. It's going to be yes, I saw that. a TV series on Sci-Fi Channel. You know, see, that works, but I think if you're going to do an Arthur C. Clarke book for a uh, TV series, they should have done Rama. Yes. Oh, yes. Rendezvous with Rama was brilliant. You know. Right. And that was a great computer game, adapted to a great computer game. Absolutely, absolutely. But 3001, uh, I think now they can technically do it better than, you know, well, I mean, 2001 was an amazing movie for its time, right? I mean, Christ, uh, they were doing it with cardboard and, uh, you know, little tiny model spaceships. But I can imagine 3001 is going to be amazing. And uh, if, if you're listening here, uh, people, call Pink Floyd. They'll probably score the whole TV series for free. I'm just saying. Yeah, great, great song, Space Oddity. And, of course, we were just talking about uh, Chris Hadfield and David Bowie. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Jimmy, are you uh, picking one from the list, or should I? <laughs> oh, you know me. I was always thinking inside the box. I know. Uh, I was going to go um, with what it's, it's right there in the title. And name me one decent drummer from Toronto, Canada. Well, well, it's got to be Rush. (laughs) It is Rush. Tom Sawyer. (laughs) Oh, yes. And obviously, based on a book, yes? (laughs) It is, indeed. (laughs) Loosely. (laughs) Loosely, yes. And yeah, awesome drummer. There is no better drummer, my friend, than Neil Peart. Sorry, Peart. Classic rock here, folks. In 1979, the Canadian government named Rush official ambassadors of music. Yeah, they're the Ayatollah of rock and roll, my friend. 
Yeah, awesome. And of course, no one can forget their cameo on uh, Family Guy. There we go. Of course, Chester Cheeto is snorting cocaine off the table. God, there is no fucking drummer better than Neil Peart. It ain't easy being cheesy. <laughs> okay, that. Uh, and that I, I only learned. I only learned that it, it was pronounced Peart. When I uh, listened to the uh, audiobook Clockwork Angels, which Audible, by the way, Jimmy, were so nice not to send me like the crappy review audiobook. They sent me the one with the actual clock. This thing, you could actually kill a man with this thing. It's huge. So I have it on my, um, in my bedroom, actually, now on one of the shelves. And uh, it's got a little like classic, uh, like a, almost like a, oh, what do you call it? Like a steampunk clock. Kind of neat. That was kind of them. Yeah, very cool. I guess that's my turn. Oh, I should, <laughs> I should have been looking for another song while we were talking. Hmm. Craig's got well, If you're not ready, I, I sent you one. I'm going to stick with uh, Kubrick and go with a song based of, off of A Clockwork Orange, Never Going to Stop by Rob Zombie, Ooh. Modern Rock. Yeah, rock and roll, that one. That one's hardcore, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the lyrics come right out of Clockwork Orange, I think, this one. Right. Yeah, this was WWE wrestler Edge, his theme for quite some time. I'm going to tell you my little story about Edge. (laughs) He used to bounce at a club I used to go to when I was a young lad. And uh, he used to be part, I think it was Christian and Edge, tag team duo, right? So I'm going to this club and he's kind of being like a dick to everyone. I just looked at him and I said, who the fuck do you think you are, Hulk Hogan? And you know what? I tuned into like WWE Raw the next week. Guess who he was hanging out with? <laughs> Turned out he did know, know Hulk Hogan. Yeah, awesome tune. Awesome tune. Absolutely. Those guys got nothing on the Mulkey brothers. Hey, settle down now. We talked about this one. Uh, of course... Based, you'll you'll get it. You'll get it. I'm just gonna play it. You'll know what it's based on. You'll know what it's based on. Yeah. This is a song used by the Blue Man Group. I've never been drunk or high enough to ever watch the Blue Men, so I saw them in. Vegas. I try to stay clean, you know. How was it? It was awesome, and the yeah. cab driver said, "Are you guys gonna get stoned?" And we said, uh, I looked at my wife and she said, no. <laughs> and he said, too bad, man. Well, they got the idea for the song while taking LSD and spending hours listening to Miles Davis' album Sketches of Spain. <laughs> also, this was used in uh, Jim Carrey's greatest movie, The Cable Guy. Oh, nice. Ooh. Of course, based on Lewis Carroll's book, Alice in Wonderland. The White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. Who became Jefferson Starship and then became Starship. Did quite a progression there, Jefferson Airplane. And then they became New Edition. <laughs> and, then, and then they all got plastic surgery and became U2. Now we just made up the last couple things there, folks. That's a call back to the last episode. <laughs> oh, Lord. We talked about Yurtle the Turtle last time. Now, the guy at the beginning is one of their cocaine dealers. There's a lot of, lot of gems in that episode. There are some gems here, my friend. Some gems. Who's up next? Greg, pick one. Uh, all right, let's go. Uh, Professor Allen's not here, but we'll go comic book. Uh, Ghost World by Amy Mann. Ghost Ooh, World. I dug that movie. I've never Yeah. Seen. Is that a good movie? I have to put it on my list. It was a great it movie. It is a pretty it was, good movie. And it's Chris. also, yeah, it's on the list. You're doing good now, Craig. It's on the list. Who was <laughs> <laughs> that? That was, uh, what's her name before she was famous? Uh, yes, the Black Widow. And that other chick. The other chick that uh, got topless in American Beauty. Yes. Ghost World, of course, being a graphic novel or comic book. Job, it's down to dead and 
Very cool, very cool. Yeah, Professor Allen, I think, will be joining us next week with his daughter. It'll be fun. So, Jimmy, you want to pick another song? We'll keep on uh, heading through some more of these uh, songs based on books. Yeah, I was looking to hear one for the first time, uh, only because it's based on one of my favorite books. Um, who wrote Holden Caulfield? Who wrote Holden Caulfield? Yes, you can see that there. By Green Day. Hmm. I don't think hmm. I've ever heard this Green Day song. Maybe I haven't. I haven't either, but uh, oh. I'm experimenting. Hopefully Green Day weren't a bunch of phonies. Let's see what happens. What's the first in my head? I need to tell you. What's you said I forgot? Life's just a dream. So, singer Billy Joe Armstrong remarked in high school his teacher made him read The Catch in the Rye by J.D. Salinger, and the novel was so boring to him, and he hated reading it. <laughs> but then when he grew up, he read it again. Yes. <laughs> hey, neat. Now that, that's part of the curriculum here in uh, in Canada. Uh, I think uh, Catching the Rye was is I yeah, in high school. Definitely bunch of phonies. Phonies in the rye. Now I got to pick one. Hmm. Don't ever tell anyone anything, or you'll end up missing everybody. That's right. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> There's a lot here. Um, no, I'm not going to go with Jack Johnson. We might fall asleep. Hmm. Let's do some Zep. Why don't we do some Zep, folks? Over the Hills and Far Away, which evolved from the Yardbird song White Summer, an acoustic solo by Jimmy Page, uh, inspired by Jimmy Page's Celtic ancestry, and inspired, of course, by... Come on, it's Led Zeppelin. It's got to be fantasies. Inspired by The Hobbit. And come on, if you like rock and roll, you've got to love this song. Oh, yeah. You've got to love it. And let it play. This so good. The title comes maybe from a, an old English song from the 18th century called Over the Hills and Far Away. And if you listen close, you can hear acoustic guitar playing... Throughout the entire song, believe it or not. But you gotta ha- put the headphones on, folks. Put the headphones on. Hey, lady, got the love I need. Maybe more than enough. Oh, darling, 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 walk a while with me. You got so much, so much, yeah, so much. We ought to let everybody know that we're getting these songs from a list on songfacts.com. Yeah, great source of information. Absolutely. And they do have a lot of facts, and... One of the surprising facts here I'm seeing is that this only made it to number 51 on the list, on like the top charts. Number 51. People probably quit listening after the first 15 seconds and didn't know how hard it rocked. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it's definitely, this is one of those things, one of those songs you have in your rock mix on your, you know, on your iPod or your iPad or your Android device on your bookshelf. <laughs> hmm. Well, there's one here called Ender Will Save Us All. I have never heard an Ender-based song. It's by Dashboard Confessional. And it says the song draws its name from how uh, one of the band people, Chris Caraba, got back together with an old friend he had fallen out with through sharing the Ender's Game books with him. 
Interesting. And, and apparently Chris Caraba's uh, middle name is Ender as well. Oh. Interesting that uh, it says here he couldn't name the song Ender, which he wanted to, because it was already a vacant Andy's song with the same name. So unlike books, where you can, uh, you know, uh, you can't copyright titles, right? So you, you can, uh, you know, you can write eleven twenty two, you know, sixty three, and hope that people don't realize you're not Stephen King. Uh, you can't do that for songs. Didn't know that. Interesting. Very interesting. And uh, Mr. Damlo. What you got? I got the uh, the Autumn Carnival by the Dandy Warhols, uh, based on Ray Bradbury's story. Something wicked this way comes. Ooh, Ooh great movie! Interesting. Jason Robards. I like it. You know, surprisingly, for all the Bradbury stuff that's on here, I haven't seen any really linked to Star Trek. Yeah. No kidding. Of course, I guess Star Trek's not a book, so that would be why it's not on the list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, interesting. I just like the name of the band. The Dandy Warhols. (laughs) Ah, uh, I guess it's my pick now, yes? I'm just taking a look at uh, some stuff here. I'm going to pick a Canadian boy just because I'm Canadian. We need all the publicity we can get. Uh, this is, again, staying on Ray Bradbury. This was actually created probably in a drug-fueled nightmare during a 22-hour live streaming session. Uh, it was accidentally, I would say, created by a dead mouse. In the middle of a live stream. It's called the Velt. V-E-L-D-T. Sounds like Katy Perry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's about uh, Ray Bradbury's tale of a family living in a futuristic home with a virtual reality room, which was originally published as The World the Children Made in a 1950 issue of the Saturday Evening Post. And I'm sure a lot of ecstasy has been consumed and glow sticks have been cracked in half and lit up for this song. Not by me. Nice. Nice. Very cool. Two two rocking men. It's too rocking. And we can keep going here. They have some links to other stuff. But Ray Bradbury, science fiction horror stories. Um, the Body Electric by Rush. Look at that. Let's do that. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to follow the flow here. The Body Electric by Rush. Based on a Twilight Zone episode... Episode 100, I Sing the Body Electric, written by Ray Bradbury. And the name comes from a Walt Whitman poem. Doesn't get more books than that. I'm sure this rocked in 1984. We'll leave it at that. Are we all sounded out, folks? We gotta save. I say we need to save some for the mm. next show. Yeah, we've got to save yeah. some for next, because you know who's coming next week. This is Father Robert Balasser, the digital Jesuit from Twyant, this week in Enterprise Tech. And you're listening to The Book Guys. Plus, Professor Allen and a uh, special guest, who's probably going to uh, alert us as to what's happening with all these great movies coming out with Marvel. Hello. Comic books, comic books, comic books. I gotta say, one of the movies I am uh, really excited that's happening is The Black Panther. 
going to be awesome. Professor Allen's got to be swelling up like that guy in Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. All the stuff he's wanting to get out. <laughs> That's right. You know, we got Black Panther. We got Shazam coming out. Batman v Superman. It's going to be crazy. I'm Batman. <laughs> I want to see a Wonder Twins movie. You know, I've never actually seen the Wonder Twins other than in, um, in the, the Super Friends cartoon. I don't think they uh, do they actually have their own comic book or I don't know me and my wife always we always touch our wedding rings together when we're, we're like in the airport and we have to take off running or something which one became the uh, the uh, the the animals was that uh the the female or the male I can't remember that's the reason I'm wanting to see it all come back again <laughs> form of water <laughs> form of jaguar <laughs> Uh, Craig, you'll be back next week. We're going to make a huge pile of guests next week. It's going to be crazy. Guest hosts and hosts. Sounds good. I think we're going to have like seven voices. We're going to go for a record, I think. It's going to be great. You're going to have to open up your... uh, um, Close down all the the programs on your computer except Skype. And by the way, I haven't done it in a while. I want to thank ICA Online, who provides the internet. Well, I pay them, but they do provide the internet. (laughs) They were nice enough to put a script on their server which bumps up our internet uh, on Wednesday evenings after 6 o'clock until midnight, which bumps us up to their highest service level, which I think is something like an $800 a month uh, level. But just for those six hours, they do give us a little bit extra bandwidth on my end, which has helped, uh, especially when we were doing video. And uh, now that we've been doing audio, we're pretty much hiccup-free unless we... Turn all the, all the you know HD video on, but uh, thank you again. I see online. Yeah, no extra charge. Been a pretty trouble free call. Yeah, at no extra charge to me. Uh, you know that helps. Thank you so much. And don't yeah, forget cheers folks, to them to go to audibletrial.com/slash/bookguys. If you haven't tried audiobooks, do it now. You can put it on your iPad, your Kindle. Well, you can't put it on your Kindle. Yeah, go on there. Get the uh, <laughs> get the Andrew Dice Clay book before I do. That's right. Forget about it. <laughs> Hickory Dickory Doc. I just pressed the button that you know ends the show. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you, Paul and Craig. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Craig. I will stick around and edit this. Get this out within the next ten minutes on the internet. Stay tuned, folks. Same book time. Same, same book, book channel. Stay tuned, book readers and book listeners. Book Guy Show will return next week. Same book time, same book channel. Do 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 do